I've got a little bit of Irish in my, in my blood, so I can say top of the morning to you. See, I got some of your attention this morning. Good morning. Um, real quick, before um, um, Randy gives the announcements, we have several, you know, it's going around. How many of you know that sickness is kind of going around? So we need to pray. I'm not going to pray for particular individuals. I'm just going to pray for our church and for our community. And then I want to pray for, how many of you guys know the Michelin plant is, and then I want to, so we need to pray for that situation. And then I want to pray for Israel this morning. And uh, so, listen, the Bible says if you bless Israel, you'll be blessed. If you curse Israel, you'll be cursed. In fact, God says that Israel is the apple of his eye. And I just saw a post yesterday or the day before, literally over the Sea of Galilee, there was a pillar of cloud that went up and stretched over the country of Israel. Just like it was in the Old Testament. And it's a live footage from somebody taking a picture of this pillar of cloud. So if, if that doesn't tell you that that's God's nation, that's God's nation. So let's pray this morning for those that are sick this morning. Father, we pray right now. As a church, we come together and we pray for those that are sick this morning. And God, we know that sickness is going around. And uh, Lord, we know that it's that time of year, people getting together and uh, school is with school and, and, and all that stuff. So Father, we just pray right now by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you'd bring healing to those that are sick within the church this morning. God, I pray that you would heal those that are dealing with mental issues this morning or physical issues or financial issues. Whatever the issue is, you know the needs of their heart before you even pray or before they pray. And then, Father, we lift up Michelin and this whole situation with uh, jobs being lost. We know that, Lord, uh, what the enemy makes for bad, you can make for good. Yes. And, and, Lord, you says you work all things out for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. So we pray for our community. We pray for opportunities, new companies to come in. And, and, and again, Lord, you're in control. And then, Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we pray for Israel. God, you said that you will bless those that bless Israel and you'll curse those that curse Israel. God, we want to be people that bless Israel. That is your nation. And so we pray your protection on them. We pray your provision on them. And Lord, I pray for all the innocents on both sides. God, that you can, you can protect them. You can, you can bring them out. Lord, you can bring salvation to those that need salvation. So we pray for all this and all those that are on our prayer list in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Okay. Uh, I don't like microphones. <laughs> All right. First, I want to say thank you to everybody that was involved with Trunk or Treat. We had a wonderful time. Yes, give a clap offering. We had a number of cars come out. We had uh, volunteers. We had lots and lots of candy. Thank you so much because now we're prepared for the Easter egg hunt, just so you know. <laughs> um, but we had at least 253 people show up. Yes. Yes. At least. And there could have been quite a bit more. Um, but we had a really good time, and we had a contest for the best decorated vehicles, and we have three winners, and first place went to Robin and Merle. Come up and get your gift card, Robin. 
and she had a beautiful car with fall decorations, and I loved your outfit. We do have pictures, and we're going to um, share and, and show people. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, second place goes to uh, Tammy and Chris Moore. And they had a really cute golf cart that was decorated. It was adorable, and it was so original. And you guys probably froze because it was cold. <laughs> this is for you. Thank you. <laughs> and, okay. And third place went to, third place went to, car number 11, which was myself, and I'm very surprised by it because I thought it was Pastor's car, and we did a pirate under the sea theme, so I'll, I'll give it to Pastor. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I wanted to talk, I want to give it to, because I really, really liked their car, so I want to give it to Jared and Kelly. Come on, come on up. It made me want to go skiing. <laughs> okay, so we had a really good time, and next year when we get it going, we'll get some more cars, and we'll have a, another contest, and y'all did, you did fantastic. I am so, I'm so happy. We had a really good time, and I know that even if one person um, received the Jesus or heard the gospel message, it was, it was totally worth it. Um, we had a lot of kids come out that said they've never, you know, been to church before. I had some comments, this is really nice that you guys are doing this. And so it was, real, it was a lot of fun, and we had a really good time. So thank you very much. And, Randy, that's, I'm done. What? Oh, yes, in your bulletin, um, the <laughs> December, I'm going to make this announcement now so that we're all prepared. We're having a uh, family Christmas party with a white elephant game on Saturday, December 9th. I'm putting that out there. It's in there. But also underneath, the kids' Christmas program is a candy cane Christmas. And the family Christmas dinner, it says in the bulletin December 10th, but we're changing it to the 17th, the following Sunday, to give everybody a break and more time to prepare. But we're going to have a really good time with that. So put that on your calendars. What? So I know there's other Christmas parties that are going on. We're still going to do those Christmas parties. So if you have one going on, we're still going to do it. We just wanted to have like a $5, $10. And when you do the elephant gift, it's, it's supposed to be fun, funny. Do you, you guys understand? Okay, everybody just looked at me. Like one year we got, uh, should I say it, a plunger and... The plunger looked, how can I say this word, church? It looked like number two. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, like, everybody's looking at me like you said that in church, but, but it had toilet paper that could go on. It was decorated, and that was the number one gift. Be, and I was shocked. I was like, really? Okay, so now that I've embarrassed myself, how did Texas do? Because I know that... OSU, OU, who's OSU fans in here? All right. Well, my Broncos won last week against Kansas City. 
Okay. We've had a lot of announcements. We've got a lot more, but I've got to tell you this. It's, hang on a second. Sorry about that. Hello? Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll be glad to. Okay, other than all the other announcements, uh, one of Pastor's friends just called and said, give him condolences on his games this week. So, I, I'm not sure who he's rooting for, but whoever it was, evidently, um, condolences for your team. Thank you. <laughs> um, like I said, we got a lot of other announcements too. So, I want to say the clock says 20 till, so he only has 20 minutes to preach. So, don't worry about all the announcements. They go on his time. So, we'll see. Okay. Normally... Normally, we have communion today. Uh, we're going to have that next Sunday morning, and then next Sunday afternoon, we're having our uh, Christmas dinner. So, um, uh, what? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Hey, I'm ready for Christmas. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, you're right. Okay, uh, November 18th, 8.30 a.m. in the Fellowship Hall is our men's breakfast. Y'all come. That's free food and a little short free Bible study sometimes, sometimes not, depending on what we're doing. But anyhow, go for that. Okay, for the church ladies, ladies, we had a preacher one time who said, if you're a lady, you know who you are. If you're not, you don't. Okay, so if you're a lady, this is for y'all. Um, the family shelter needs women to volunteer to work a few days. This is a shelter in Ardmore. It's a lady shelter. And I'm not real familiar with what they do, but if it's a lady shelter, I'm sure that they're doing good work. Um, to do that, you have to pass what they call a soft background check. I don't know what that is, but that's okay. You go and volunteer, and they will tell you. And if you need more information, you can see Robin. Raise your hand. See Robin. Or see Christy. Raise your hand. They have applications for that, for the, for the background check, okay? Just... Uh, Look at it like it's missions. It's not just going to help somebody. It's missions. It's community outreach, which is missions, okay? And that's the same thing as the trunk or treat. And I will say one more time, we had lots of people come through. I am, I am absolutely happy with what went on. And whether anybody comes to this church or not, they at least got exposed to church. So just, just keep that in mind. Okay, um, November 5th. Play practice for the kids' ministry begins. That's today. Okay, so don't forget that. Um, November 12th, youth camp deposits are due 30 bucks. Uh, I know that's a long time off, but they've got to start finding out who's going to go and how many and everything else, so keep that in mind. If you've got a youth that wants to go, it's $30, okay? And I'll, I'm going to just stand here and tell you, if you've got a youth that cannot afford church camp, come see us. Because we don't, we don't care. We're not going to deny or, or let somebody fall through that crack. You come see us. And if you're not able to get your kids to youth camp, we will take care of that. So do not worry about it. I didn't ask anybody else about it. If they don't want to help, I'll take care of it myself. So, but anyhow, we, we always have done that as a church, and we will continue to do that if we need to, okay? So just keep that in mind. Um, November 12th, church Thanksgiving dinner. 
seems like we have two or three dinners every time I make announcements, but that's okay. So there is a sign-up sheet on the four-year desk for that, okay? Um, I don't know what's on it, but fill it up. I'll come fill up. <laughs> Me and the preacher can come fill up, right? <laughs> okay, uh, November 15th. Uh, youth cookout at the shed. That is the old uh, church over where Gary Gonzalez preaches. It's Providence, the old Providence church. That's a youth cookout on the November 15th. They'll be leaving here at 540. I suppose if we need to, we can take the vans, right? Okay, we've got that arranged already. Just keep that in mind for your youth. Um, November 19th, uh, in the PM service, and November 22nd, we will not have church, so that is enjoy time with your family. Uh, I don't know if on the uh, 22nd we'll be having youth that night or not. Do you know yet, Kim? Okay, we can discuss that next time, but I, I, I didn't ask them if they were having youth or not, but we're not having church. So, uh, okay, we have several announcements for December, but I'm not going to get into them because we've got plenty of announcements for November. Um, if you have any questions about any of it, you can see one of the board members, you can see the preacher, you can pick the bulletin up and read them. Also in the bulletin, prayer list. Do not forget the prayer list. That's missions work. Praying for people is missions work, okay? Uh, Sunday night and Wednesday night. Put your offering in the boxes outside. Sunday morning only, we take it in here live because we want you to see the basket. Put your money in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? Okay. And I, like I said, he now has 15 minutes to preach. <laughs> so, hey, what, what goes on goes on, okay? Okay, guys, come on, let's take the offering. If there's anybody in here. Somebody, come on. I, I could take it all by myself. I mean, I can, carry, I can carry all the money they can give. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I'm going to get my brother and my buddy Dan to say the offering if he doesn't mind this morning. Heavenly Father, we just come to you this morning, Lord. Just thank you for this glorious morning, Lord. And we ask that you just take this offering and multiply it to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we ask that you would just have your way in the lives of your people here this morning. In Jesus' holy name, we pray. Amen. Are y'all ready to worship?
we sing that song, just keep playing this one, where it says, feel this place. I always want him to feel this place before he feels this place. Because if I'm not right in this place, if his presence is not so prevalent in my spirit and in my heart, then I can't worship in unity with all of you guys. So Father, this morning we just ask that you would feel this place, God, on a personal level, God. Just meet us one-on-one where we are today, God. You know, every situation, every circumstance that walked through those doors this morning, God. Father, we pray that you just fill the voids, God. Where there's darkness, God, just fill it with light, Lord. Fill this place, God, so we can feel this place inside your hand. In Jesus' holy name.
Nothing compares to this. 
song spoke of death cannot hold him his name is wonderful it's beautiful it's awesome but the grave couldn't hold him he was resurrected from the dead and this scripture speaks not only of his resurrection but of our resurrection soon John 14 says do not let your hearts be troubled trust in God trust also in me in my father's house are many rooms or one translation says mansions If it were not so, I would not have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the place to where I am going. Father God, your your son was raised from the dead. Death cannot hold him. He is alive. He is powerful and in his name is wonder. Father, we know that your scripture is true. That you are not man that you should lie. That you are God and you tell the truth. So Jesus, we know that you're coming back. And you're coming back to get your church, your bride, to take her with you to heaven. And so Father, all the things that we see going on right now should give us hope. 
For we don't grieve like the rest of the world who have no hope. But we have a blessed hope in the name of Jesus because the grave could not hold him and the resurrection is coming to us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The grave could not hold him. Hallelujah. I am here and I'm in your midst. I am here and I'm in your midst. Bring your cares, bring your troubles to me. Bring your thoughts to me. I'm the only one that can answer your prayer. Jesus. Right now, if that's you this morning, we have this thing called an altar this morning. God's speaking to your heart. You have a heavy burden on your heart this morning. You have an, a prayer that it seems like God's not answering or other people or things aren't working the way that you would bring it to him. He will answer. Right now, just make your way. If that's you.
Because it says you know the needs of our hearts before we even pray them. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And, it, and the Holy Spirit will protect your thoughts and your hearts in Jesus' name. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you're here this morning. And we honor and praise you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Before I dismiss the kids to go back um, would you come up Stacy just for a minute Stacy and I wanted to say a big thank you to everybody you know I'm always humbled by uh, pastors appreciation because sometimes I I think we're all on the same team so I think you know I don't always deserve it so but uh, we just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody for all that you blessed us with this week and so uh, uh, you don't know how much that means to us we love you guys we're glad that we're here and uh, enjoying it man Man, you go from like cold weather to warm weather. I, it's like a roller coaster. I love it. I got I get to wear shorts today. I'm not going to wear those tonight, though. I promise you. So, but we wanted to say a big thank you to everybody for that. So God bless you and thank you very much. Yeah. All right. I'd like to dismiss the kids to go downstairs or downstairs. We don't have a downstairs. To go. I'm so used to saying that in the past. To go out into the foyer or out into wherever they go. So, um, hold off on that. I want to look at some uh, scriptures this morning that God is laying on my heart. I, I think we need to look at what's going on today. Um, and we need to look at what's going on in this life today. I, I might have shared this before. I don't know if I've shared this on a Sunday morning, but. Uh, we're, I believe, and this is, again, everybody's got opinions, but I just believe because of scriptural, looking at the Bible, that we are living in the last days. So I want to look at some scriptures this morning to point to where we're at, biblically speaking. Um, and the reason for that is we have to be ready. We need to be ready, and we need to get other people ready. Uh, we're not to sit idly by and wait for Jesus to come back. We're to be excited for him to come back while we're still reaching the lost. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at a few scriptures this morning. 
um, that deal with this because we need to find out, okay, how bad is it today? <laughs> Where are we at? It, it just kept laying this on my heart this morning. We need to know the church, a lot of churches don't preach on this yet or aren't preaching on it. But you need to be prepared and I need to be prepared. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, look with me in verses 1 through 4. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as you've laid this on my heart about the signs of the times and the things that we're going through, Lord, I pray that you would, you would just motivate all of us here this morning to be about your business, to, to have a heart for the lost, to reach our neighbors and our coworkers and those that we don't even know. They're still our neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That, Father, we would recognize that you're at the door and you're ready to come get your bride. So, Father, would you speak through me as your vessel this morning? Not with eloquent words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power through the anointing of your word, which is God-breathed, which is sharper than any double-edged sword. God, I pray that you would penetrate our hearts this morning, that you would light a fire in us to get busy doing the work that you've called us to do. And we ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. It's interesting, Second Timothy and First Timothy are what we call the pastoral epistles. So the apostle Paul, when he wrote these, he's writing to a young pastor. And in chapter 3, he talks about the last days. Now we know what we call the age of grace. And we're living in that age. And that age of grace is going to come to that's That's a different scripture. You can get out of that. We're not doing that today, so uh, just disregard that. We'll look at that later. But we're living in the end of the days. How many of you would raise your hand this morning, and I'm going to put you on the spot, would say we're living in the last days? How many of you would say that you witness to somebody daily? I'm going to give you an example of what happened yesterday, and I like sharing testimonies. This is God. I love the way the Lord works. But we were at Walmart, and, you know, uh, from the blessings that you guys gave for pastoral appreciation, we, when you got three growing daughters, they grow out of their clothes really fast. So we're at Walmart yesterday, and, uh, you know, I've got three daughters, but there's only two dressing rooms. I'm not great at math, but figure that one out. And so we're sitting there, and, and I'm thinking in my mind, boy, this is going to be a lot of money. How many of us know inflation's up and the cost of living's up? And, and uh, so we're sitting there thinking, I'm thinking about it. I didn't know Stacy was thinking about it. There happened to be another dad. He's 48 years old. I think he thought I was younger than him, but I am younger only by two years. But he goes, you know, he goes, I understand I got three daughters. And I said, oh, great. And we're just talking and he's, 
we're talking about the difficulties and raising daughters and he has sons and all this other stuff. And uh, all of a sudden he starts talking about, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. I never mentioned to him that I was a believer. Not once did I say I'm a Christian. Not once did I tell him I was a pastor. The Holy Spirit has a way of working in individuals' lives that we can't do. So he walks up to me with a $100 bill, hiding it, and puts it in my hand. He says, I just want to give this to you because I won this in gambling, and I, it'll keep me from gambling again. <laughs> Somebody said the devil gave it to me. So, you know, and I said, no, I don't need that. He goes, no, I want to bless you because I, I've got three daughters, and I understand. And again, it will keep me from doing this. And I walked over to Stacy, and I said, Stacy. I said, that guy just gave me $100. And she goes, oh, thank you, Jesus. I wasn't sure how we were going to add to this extra cost of the, these clothes. And I was just thinking it in my heart. What does it have to do with the last days? Because in the last days that I believe that we're living in, we need to live in such a way as the Holy Spirit begins to convict people that are around us. And even if I didn't tell him I was a pastor or a teacher, I kept saying, well, the Lord will provide. Pointing to Jesus is the number one thing. So look what he says this. He says, mark this. That means he's saying, Timothy, pay attention. There will be terrible times in the last days. Things are getting bad. Things are getting worse in our society today. Things that weren't approved back then are approved today. The Bible says what will be good will be bad, and what's bad will be good. Or what's evil will be called good. We're seeing that today. The things that are good are evil in society, and the evil things are called good. We're seeing destruction. We're seeing earthquakes like they've never seen earthquakes before. If you do a study of this, I wish I had slides today, but they show of how long we've kept records of major storms. In the middle or early part of the 20th century, you know, we're in the 21st century, right? So y'all, okay, just double checking. They show the slide of major disasters going from this to straight up. And that's with our, the, our U.S. government. And I wished I had the slide to show you, but terrible times doesn't just mean Financial issues. It doesn't just mean some of the things he's mentioned. He's talking about things that are going to happen in society, things that are going to happen with our world. And when it comes to, to uh, uh, natural disasters, we're seeing those things. We saw a pestilence we just had a few years ago. It's still trying to come back. He says it's going to be terrible. He doesn't say it's going to be great. He says it's going to be bad. And he says it's going to be in the last days. That means our day. I've always told everybody, now, people thought that Hitler was the Antichrist, and they thought that that was the end of the times. The difference from then till now is we have the technology for the mark of the beast. I've shared on Sunday nights that in Amazon has a new uh, scanner, and it's in their wholesale foods market. They started it up in Seattle. You know, we just moved from Washington. And what you do is you don't even take your credit card. There's nobody working there. You walk in, you scan the palm of your hand, and you walk in, get your groceries, and walk right out. 
and they're going to do this internationally. The Bible says you will have a mark on your what? Your right hand or your what? Forehead. They got technology now where they can think or know your thoughts. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want to know your thoughts. And if I go over in time of preaching, I definitely don't want to know your thoughts. But they have the technology. Elon Musk talks about putting, it's called Neuralink. They want to put a chip in your brain. You can look at all the technology we have today, and you know that we're living in the last days. And he says it's going to be terrible times. He doesn't say it's going to be good times. Then he gives a description of what it's going to be like. Verse 2. People will be lovers of themselves. Our society today is about me, myself, and I. What can please me? What makes me feel good? It's not about other people anymore. Just before we moved from Washington, there was a little lady, old lady that was over by the bank, and she had a walker, and she couldn't get across the road, and nobody would stop for her. So I got out of the truck, and a guy behind me got mad that I put my truck into park. And I ran over, and I stopped traffic to let her cross. And people were honking that I was helping a little old lady cross the road. That's the society that we live in today. And I'm not here to make it look bad. Understand this. I'm not here to, 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 to... make you feel like a downer today, but there's a reason why I'm talking about this because it's here. It's in our face. People are all about themselves. What can make me feel good? I don't care about another person's feelings, only of how it makes me what? Feel. What happened to the days that you would open the door for somebody else? Then it says they're lovers of money, greed, He goes on to say in one of the scriptures, we brought nothing in this world so we could take nothing out of it. All of us came into this world the same way. We all came in the same suit. And I'm going to leave it at that. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You can take nothing with you. It's all about money. Jesus says, or the Apostle Paul says, it's not money that's the root of all evil, it's the Love of money, that's the root of all evil. If money is our trust and not God, then we have a problem with our relationship with God. Boastful, how many people do you know that are boastful? They brag about what they've done. I can think of political figures that it's all about them. I did this, look how I've made myself. We just did a study in the book of Daniel on Wednesday nights about King Nebuchadnezzar and And how he was boastful and how great he thought himself was. I don't know if that was right, but how great he thought he was. Then it says proud, pride, abusive. Violence has increased rapidly in our nation and in the world. Disobedient to their parents. I I could just think back three years ago when there were fires going on in cities. Now the, the best one I saw was... A young black man was out there and his mama came over, grabbed him by the ear and said, what are you doing out here? And dragged him back home. Yeah, there should be clap offerings. That was on national TV. She said, uh-uh, that's not, my boy's not going to do that. She walked over, grabbed him by the ear. And, Moms and dads should be doing that with a lot of these kids today. In love. 
But how many kids are disobedient to their parents today? And you raise them right in what they're learning and what they're seeing on TV. How about ungrateful? Never thankful for what God has given you. How many of you guys are breathing this morning? I just read in our devotional that you breathe 30,000 times a day. Your, your, your blood pumps, I think it's like 150,000 pumps a day. Your heart. God helped you to do that. So your heart's going to beat 150,000 beats today. That's just today. I have no idea what you said, but I'm going to leave it at that. <clears throat> How about this one? Unholy. How many of you guys would characterize society as unholy today? You can't watch TV without a commercial coming on. I have to tell my girls to close their eyes, to turn away because of the unholy things that you see on TV. Just even some of the movies today, you can't even watch a movie without a word in it. I started watching a Western. I like Westerns. It's one of my favorite things. My favorite authors, Louis Lamar. I love, you know, I didn't grow up a rancher or a cowboy, but that's what, if I had a second life, that's what I'd be. Some of you guys have been around cows and, and, and cowboys and stuff your whole life. Man, I, I envy you for that. Of course, the Bible says don't envy. But I, I had to stop the movie because of the language in it. And it was with an actor that is a singer that says that he's a Christian, but he's using language that you should not use as a believer. Unholy. How about without love? Nobody shows love anymore. In fact, Jesus says, the heart of most will grow cold. And you know who he's speaking of there? He's speaking of the church. Unforgiving. Are you unforgiving towards somebody this morning? Do you have bitterness in your heart? The Bible says when you do that, you grieve the Holy Spirit from whom you were sealed. Unforgiveness doesn't hurt that other person. It hurts you. It puts you into prison. And if you're unforgiving, Jesus says he will not forgive you. And the end result is there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Which when you read that in scripture always re refers to hell. Yes, are those tough words. Yes, they are because Jesus has forgiven you an amount you can never pay back. How about slanderous? We don't think of that. But God talks about gossip. Slandering somebody else, putting them down to make yourself look better. If we're talking about somebody else to put them down, really we're pointing out what we don't like that we do. It's true. Most of the time when we put somebody else down, it's because what they're doing is something we see in ourselves. Do you talk about other people when they're not around? Do you act like their friend when they're there with you, but talk bad about them when you're not around them? That's slander. That's gossip. Boy, it's awfully quiet in here this morning. Without self-control. We're a society that has no self-control. We got to have it when we got to have it. And if we don't get it when we want it, we throw a fit. 
We're adults that have temper tantrums like three-year-olds. I've done it. Have you ever done it? And then you look back and go, man, I look just like my kid. How about brutal? Mean and hateful. Again, that goes back to the lack of love. You know, the Bible says that God is love. He's love. And if you've been born of God, born of God you will love. And if you are not loving, then you need to test your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because love is part of God. It's love that saved you and I. It's love that put Jesus on the cross. And it's love that keeps you and I in the kingdom. Look at this, not lovers of good. We're living in a society that does not love good things. We, I just talked about it. Isaiah says that. I'll say the scripture again, but Isaiah says, what is evil will be called good, and what's good will be called evil. I want you to think for a minute of all the things in society today that they call good that we know is wrong. Fornication, sex outside of marriage, is wrong. But how many in the church do that? And then they, they make compromises or they rationalize why they do what they do. How about homosexuality? We talked about that in Sunday school. The society today says it's okay and it's good. But what does the Bible say? Understand, when I share this stuff, it's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says. So it's God. He's the author of this. And this is not a popular message this morning. But it's the truth. Hold your spot here and go with me to 1 Corinthians 6, 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Now, when the apostle Paul wrote this, he wrote this to the church in Corinth. And the church in Corinth had a problem with sexual problems. That's kind of a play on words, but... They had five temples for sexual prostitution. And it's not just sexual immorality that he points out, but there's other sins in here. Look what he says. Do you not know the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Well, who are the wicked? Well, he describes them here. Look what he says. Do not be deceived. The first thing that is happening in a society today says, oh, it's not bad. It's okay. You can believe in Christ and you can have a right relationship with Jesus but still do these things. That's deception. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor sli swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Who does he call the wicked? Those that do these things. Those that are sexually immoral. When you look that up, another word for that is fornicator. In the original Greek, it comes from the Greek word pornea, where we get the word pornography. He says, if you're doing those things, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Boy, it got really quiet in here this morning. 
Why do I say that? Because evidently God is dealing with hearts this morning. How about no idolaters? But I'm not an idol worship. If anything goes before God, it's an idol. No adulterers. Jesus says if you look at a woman lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Nor male prostitutes. Prostitution is, we, we all know that one, right? Although in society today, you know, there's certain uh, states now that are legalizing that. Legalizing prostitution. Washington State, where we just came from, legalized. Uh, really didn't legalize it, but they, they're not requiring pedophiles to register anymore. They don't have to register. It goes on to say, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, those that break in. We all know what a homosexual offender is. Same-sex marriage, it's sin. It's wrong according to the Word of God. Nor thieves, those that steal, nor the greedy. If you love money more than you do the things of God, that's greed. How about drunkards? Well, I'm an occasional drinker. I drink one every day or every other day. You know, they say that you can be a, uh, an alcoholic and not get drunk every day. Now, I know the Bible doesn't say don't drink. It says don't get drunk. But I've always said, and I'm not telling you what to do. Understand that. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just reading the Bible. Because it got really quiet in here this morning. Take it up with the author. Okay? I've always told everybody, you don't know if you're going to become an alcoholic until you take your first drink. I'll share a story with you. I did not know, and I should have known this, when I was getting credentials with the Assemblies of God, you're not supposed to drink. You're supposed to take celibacy as a minister of the gospel. And I was struggling. Oh, the Bible says you can drink, but don't get drunk. And I was, at, uh, I was taking classes at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. I'd already been a credentialed minister. I was, it's my 30th birthday. There on 71st Street there in Tulsa, my mom and dad took me to Fish Daddy's. And there was a temptation for me to buy a beer. So I bought a Schreinerbacher, however you say it. I probably got it wrong. That just tells you I don't drink, amen? If I get it wrong, that's a good thing. If I get it right and I get a lot of them right, then that's a, that's a bad thing. So I bought it, but before I did, I said, I better not drink this. You know I'm going to run into another Christian. You watch this, my dad... Oh, just drink it. You know, he's not a believer. My mom said, oh, just drink it. Ain't going to help. I drank that beer. We ate dinner. We went over to Sam's Club. I ran into a guy I went to college with, and not just him, but his wife and his kids, and he introduced them to me with alcohol in my breath. From that day forward, I didn't drink another beer. Some things are permissible, but not everything's beneficial. If it causes your brother to stumble, don't do it. How about this one, swindlers? You swindle somebody out of money, cheat somebody, or slander somebody. He talks about no slanders. And he says, will, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to this, verse 11. And that is what some of you were. When you get saved, those things should be out of your life. But you were washed, you were sanctified. Sanctified means to be set apart. Set apart, you were justified as if you've never sinned. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We're seeing these things in the last days. Let's go back to 2 Timothy. He says, not lovers of good, treacherous, 
Verse 4, 2 Timothy 3, 4, rash, conceited, look at me, look how great I am. Now look at this, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of what? Godliness, but denying its power. He's speaking to the people that are within the church. He's speaking of those that claim to be Christians. He's speaking to those that say, hey, look, I, I'm a believer, but I'm like this. That's one of the signs of the last days. Go to chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4 there. Look in verse 1. He says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead. And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. I love that he says in his appearing. That's speaking of the rapture of the church when he's going to come back and get us. He says, preach the word. He's speaking to Timothy. What I'm doing to you this morning is I'm preaching the word. When Mark Rutland, he was the president of Southeastern Assemblies of God University, when I got ordained in 2005 there at the district office, we, we had all these people getting ordained. He spoke at my ordination ceremony. And this is the very scripture he preached. And he gave us a charge that day, preach the word. Listen, I'm going to preach the word whether you like it or not. I'm going to preach the word whether it's popular or not. Whether you agree with it or not. Because it's not my words, it's his words. He says, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Verse 3. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. So we're, we're living in the last days when men will not put up with sound doctrine. In fact, they'll change doctrine or the word to suit their lifestyle. We spoke about that in Sunday school. You cannot change the word to fit your lifestyle. You need to change your lifestyle to fit the word. So sound doctrine. Scripture's not going to be accepted in the last days, and we're seeing that. Instead, people are going to surround themselves with teachers. And when it says, it says their own desires or itchy ears, it literally means those things that tickle the ears or make them feel good. There are times the Word makes us feel good. During worship, I read from John 14. Did that not make you feel good? Jesus is coming back. He's coming to get His church. But then there are times when the scripture doesn't feel good because it's pricking at us. It's judging the attitudes and the behaviors of the heart. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Or 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm sorry. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I preached on this one probably a couple months ago, but I want to reiterate this again. So we're seeing lawlessness. 
We're seeing lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, arrogant, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and that's another thing. Do you love your pleasures more than God? I've showed a couple clips on Facebook where it shows the football stadiums full, where it shows the, all, all these sporting events full. How about the football fields down here? It used to be, when I was a kid, sports weren't on Wednesdays or Sundays. But today they're where? Wednesdays and Sundays. Satan knows what day we serve the Lord. We never had a thing on Wednesdays and Sundays. And that was even in Colorado. I remember living in Den Denver and there were uh, restaurants and grocery stores closed on Sunday. He says in verse 1, chapter 2, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him. That's the rapture. We ask you, brothers, do not be easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter supposed to have come from us, saying the day of the Lord had already come. They thought that the rapture had happened and they were living in the tribulation period. Verse 3, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. There's deception. Do you know the first thing that Jesus says in the last days? He said, don't be deceived. Deception's everywhere today. I don't even watch the news anymore because it's so deceiving. I watched a clip recently, and uh, it showed all these news channels from different ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and, and they were all saying the same thing. Anybody seen that clip? You don't think there's an agenda? Oh, there's an agenda. We used to call that brainwashing. Look what he says. Do not let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion or the falling away or what we call apostasy occurs and the man of lawlessness will be revealed, the man doomed to destruction. One of the signs of the last day is not only that people will be lovers of themselves within the church, but that there's going to be an apostasy, people departing from the faith. Remember I spoke about this about a couple months ago. We're seeing mainline people, I mean, contemporary Christian band artists leaving the faith. Kevin Max, who sings for DC Talks, and I'm going to mention his name, calls it deconstructing of my faith. He's basically given up his faith. You see... Like Ray Boltz, who came out right after Stacy and I got married. And I'm not here to pick on them. God loves them, and he wants them to come back to him. He wants them to, to be saved and to give their life to him. But he came out, and, and he, he's come out into the homosexual lifestyle, and he's attending an LGBTQ church that goes against Scripture. Now, again, I'm not picking on just that one sin because there were other sins that were pointed out in the Scripture. We always like to point out, and I get that, uh, people struggle with things. But God is greater than any struggle. We're not here to condemn. That's God's job. But we are to point them to Jesus and point them to the word and the truth. And if we don't correct them, we're going to be held accountable. Ezekiel 33 says that if we don't warn them as a watchman on the wall, God's going to hold us accountable. He says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come. What's he talking about? The end times. 
there has to be a falling away first from people within the church. In fact, go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, I believe it is. 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4. Paul, again speaking to Timothy, says, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, clearly says that in the later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods. Look at the green thing going on today. Environmentalism. Do you know they just, they're coming out over in UK, they put up signs, don't eat meat, it's bad for your health and bad for the environment. Are you kidding me? Don't you dare take away my steak and potatoes. I'm serious. How many of you guys like a good steak? Listen, they want to start selling us crickets. I'm not, that's not a lie. They want to, they're incorporating it into food. That's true. How many of you guys want a cricket for breakfast? I thought my cat was the only thing that could eat those things. But they're saying that meat only gives us 10% of our protein, but it's causing climate problems. Prophecy is being fulfilled before our eyes. They're saying they forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. It's okay to eat a steak. Don't tempt me. Well, I'm thinking about steak right now. But Paul says that in later times, some are going to abandon the faith. That's that apostasy. Guys, can I tell you, it's happening in droves today. The state that we just came from, Washington State, is a de-church state. The, the, the northeastern part of the United States and the western part of the United States is now comparable to the 1040 window of unreached people group. Here in the United States, that we live in this United States that's supposed to be Christian roots, and yet they don't know the gospel. And that means the church has not done its job of telling people about Jesus. I've shared with you on Sunday nights, but it's not my job to get other sheep, it's sheep get other sheep. My job is to equip you to do works of service, to build up the body of believers. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It's your job to go out and get other sheep. So if sheep aren't coming, then you need to get about your business and get another sheep. Right? Amen. Go with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. I'm going to close it up here in a minute. Now there's two different ones that, the, that Jesus speaks of to the disciples. One's called the Olivet Discourse. The other one's called the Temple Discourse. This is the Olivet Discourse. This is when the disciples asked Jesus about when the end times were. So let's start in verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came to him to call his attention to its buildings. 
Do you see all these things, he asked. I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. What he's speaking of, of prophetically is what happened in AD 70 when the Romans came in up, up on Masada. You can do a history on it. You can still see the ramp that they built to get up to this fort that was built up there, I believe, for Herod and where the Jews were put to deaths in AD 70. In fact, they took the temple and destroyed it. And you can see where they pushed the stones off the temple mount and onto the ground where it caved in the ground. They have found the corner of where the temple was. So what Jesus prophesied came true. Here's the wonderful thing about Scripture, and I've shared this with you before. But of the eight prophecies in the Old Testament that came true about Jesus, just those eight prophecies, the probability of that happening is filling up the state of Texas with quarters up to your knees. And yet we've had over a hundred prophecies already fulfilled and prophecies being fulfilled now in our day which tells us Jesus is at the door and we had better be ready and we had better get other people ready because Jesus is going to, we're going to give an account to him of what we did with the talents he gave us. Verse 2, do you see all these things he asked? I tell you the truth, not one stone will be here left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. Verse 3, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming on the end of the age? He's speaking of the second coming. And then he speaks of the end of the age. The end of the age that he's referring to is the end of the church age. Now, I'm not going to go into another study, but that's in the book of Daniel. If you want to find out about it, it's on Sunday night. Or on, is that Sunday night? Yeah, Wednesday night. I get my Sundays and my Wednesdays mixed up. Jesus answered, watch out that no one, what? Deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ. Now the word Christ means anointed one. Many are going to come and say, look at me. Look how powerful I am. Look how anointed I am. Do we see that today? And will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Are we seeing that today? You know what they're talking about right now because of what's going on? You know Algeria has declared war on Israel. All these Middle Eastern countries are coming in. Russia's coming in behind and, and they're supporting Hezbollah. They're, they're talking about World War III. My grandfather fought in World War II. I have a book at home with him on the landing craft. He landed on Juneau Beach, Canadian Army. We might be coming to that pretty soon. Wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. Guys, if you're the church, don't be alarmed at what you see right now. How many of you guys, it kind of gets a little, kind of a little bit, come on, be honest. You watch this and you're going, oh my goodness, what's going on? He says, don't be what? Alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Then he says, nation will rise against nation. The word nation there comes from a Greek word, Ethnos, which means ethnic group, which means ethnic groups are going to be fighting against each other. Blacks against whites and, and Asians against blacks. And, and you're going to see all these ethnic groups fighting. Do we see that today? Do we see that on a rise today? Yes, we do. And then he says kingdom will be against kingdom. Now, that's what we consider nations, like Russia and the United States. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. 
Moms, when you had your babies, did you remember those birth pains? Remember when Stacy, I think it was with Annabelle, she had she couldn't go into full birth because she had a, a C-section, a natural C-section. So they, 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 they wouldn't let her go into full, uh, what do they call that, uh, contractions, I guess, or labor. Thank you. See, I have my moments. I'm a man, that's why. But they wouldn't let her go into labor. So we get to the hospital, and there was a lady there that was actually in labor, and she's going, help me, screaming. And Stacy goes, oh, God, I'm so glad I'm having a C-section. Guys, what we're seeing now is just the birth pains. Some believe it's just what we call the Braxton Hicks. We haven't even got into the birth pains yet. Persecution is coming to the United States, and it's coming quick. Be ready, because it's coming. How many of you see the rise of persecution, even here in the United States? It's rising. It's coming. Then he speaks of, and, and most scholars will believe that Matthew 24 is also a synopsis or a short synopsis of the book of Revelation or the tribulation period. Go with me to Luke chapter 21. We're going to close with this scripture. I really want to close with this. Luke 21. Luke talks about some of the same things that Matthew talks about. This is the temple discourse. And he goes in and he describes some of the same things that Matthew describes. And then he talks about this in verse 28. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. When you begin to see these things happen, in, in, in Timothy it talks about uh, peace and safety. When they say peace and security, what do we hear all the time? Peace and security in the Middle East. The UN slogan is peace and security. They're fulfilling biblical prophecy. If people say, uh, oh, we've heard this our whole life, that the end times are coming. Do you know they're fulfilling biblical prophecy because Peter says scoffers will come in the last days saying, we've heard this our whole life. We are living in the last days, folks. But you and I, when we begin, that word begin literally means when we see the tip of it. When we begin to see the little tip of all this stuff, then look up for your redemption draws nigh. When we're seeing all these things and they're happening, I don't need to show you all the pictures. I don't need to show you the Ezekiel 38 and 39 where Russia and Iran and Turkey, Iran is known as Persia, and all the nations that are going to be in cahoots, which they are for the first time in history. They are together in cahoots. That's fulfilling biblical prophecy. When you can see all the things happening, church, that should tell you, Jesus is coming back and he's coming back soon to get us. Did I say that was my last scripture? <laughs> Evidently, God's not done yet. I want to finish with this one. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Remember I read John chapter 14 that he said he's going to come back. He's going to prepare a place for us and he's going to come back and get us and take us to be with him forever. 
the Thessalonians, the, they thought the rapture had already happened and they were left behind, but Paul had to reassure them and on several occasions. They thought that the second coming, that they were in the tribulation period. He says, brothers, do, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. The word asleep there literally means those who have died. So he says, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or who have died or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. That means all of our loved ones. How many of you have a loved one that knew Jesus is in heaven? Oh, I can't wait for that re reunion day. What a, what a day that's going to be. He says in verse 15, according to the Lord's own word. Say that, Lord's own word. Oh, come on, church, you can do better than that. The Lord's own word. So who's the Lord? Jesus, his words. We tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or who have died in the Lord. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive on our left will be harpazoed or caught up together with them to be in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. Hallelujah. Guys, how many of you are encouraging each other that Jesus is coming back? That word harpazo, in the Latin Bible, it's ratui, where we get the word rapture. So if somebody says the word rapture is not in the Bible, go read the Latin Bible. It is too. That's where we get that word. That word, that word uh, caught up together, harpazo, literally means to seize, to take up. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 says, we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. In the flash of an eye, we will be changed. Oh, what a wonderful day that's going to be. I got a mansion in heaven. How many of you guys know that hymn? Maybe we can close with that song today. I'm going to put, put our uh, worship leader on the spot. And if you don't know it, there are hymnals. But guys, that's, that's the truth. I want, I want you to do some study. Don't just take my word for it. Be a Berean. The Bible says to see these things. Look at what's going on today. I look at Tim and I look at Jared. They got these, are they Bluetooths? They don't even go in your ears. They just go by your temple, right? That's some weird technology. How can they hear you talking? It's on your head. Think of the technology today. I've shown some of you guys in the UK that you can't buy or sell in an Aldi store unless you have your vaccine and your passport or your pass. They have these glass doors. You can't go in there and buy anything unless you have that available. It has to be on your phone. They've got the technology. It's called nanotechnology. It has little placids. They go into your hand. They put a tattoo there. So guys, I share all this. I want you to study because Jesus is going to come down and he's going to take us to be with him forever. But while we're waiting on that, we need to be about the Lord's business. 
Would you please rise? And I want to sing this song. If you don't know this, we don't have the words. Grab a hymnal. I don't know what page it's on. We'll find it. Isn't it I got a mansion in heaven? Or on the hilltop, what's it called? Do you remember, brother? Dwayne Duck? 245, grab a hymnal. Just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never grow and someday closed in here this morning I don't know your heart I don't know your mind I'm not God are you saved this morning are you born again do you know where you're going to spend eternity the Bible says that you can be sure of your salvation if you're here this morning and you say pastor that's me I'm not sure but I want to be sure I want to go to heaven when I die I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life I want my sins forgiven if you've never asked Jesus, or maybe you have, but you're not living for him, and you want to turn your life back over to Jesus this morning, or give it for the first time, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? Everybody's saved this morning. Everybody's okay. Praise the Lord. That's good. Are you here this morning, and you'd say, Pastor, I needed to hear this this morning. Yes, we're living in the last days, but we have a hope. It's called a blessed hope that we're not appointed to wrath, but God has appointed us to be captured up to be seized, to be caught up. 
and you needed a little bit of encouragement today to know that you were there, would you just raise your hand this morning? Hallelujah. Father, we honor you this morning. I pray, Father, that we won't forget that as we're looking up, we're going out. We're entering into our mission field, that we're the sheep that get sheep. Jesus, give us divine appointments. God, open up opportunities for us to share the gospel. Lord, even if it's just a word or praying with somebody, Lord, you said you, your Holy Spirit would give us the words that we need. So we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day.